Welcome into episode 35 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. We appreciate you listening wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. and Literally waiting for the uniform combo to drop. Yeah, That's what we're recording. so that will probably happen while we're talking. Which, uh, spoiler, UCF tweeted it. Yeah. And then deleted it very quickly. So that intrigue. was interesting. Just to add some intrigue, maybe. I for a reason for a second I was like, I can't say what it is, but like when you're listening to this, you'll know what it is. We saw the deleted tweet. Well, I saw it anyway, but it's the whiteout with yeah. the white UCF decal. Unless they change it Unless unexpectedly. They... In, well, in, which, was, in which case you'd have to write that another was suck drip for my drip you report. Yeah. <laughs> <you'd have> to... <laughs> Entirely on that combo. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm super excited for that. It's a good look. The the tweeted and deleted picture or tweeted and deleted uh, whatever the graphic they posted was was nice. Yeah. I um I like a little bit of Mortal Kombat there too, but I like. Now I'm nervous because why did it get deleted? <laughs> I'm like, is it? You're changing? gonna get a call. You're gonna get a call and be like, hey, uh, we need you to. I you'll read about it in the drip you report, but I'm like, super excited for it. like this is what it's the, probably the cleanest thing they've ever worn. I mean, it looks super. It is cool. It is very very nice. Um, yeah, and it's it's gonna be an interesting game. We'll, we'll get to get on to our Louisville preview in a little bit, and we'll we'll talk some Bethune Cookman uh, recap before that. But before that. We're going to talk a little bit uh, Big 12, official official invite, official acceptance, UCF going to the Big 12. As no, no later than 2024, maybe they're going to negotiate over 2023. But what a few days that was. I my, mean, drip, my Drip U link just went live, so I guess okay. they're going to post it soon. And good news, it's still the same combo. Sorry, I'm going to throw <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about Big 12 stuff last time, but like my main thing like was, had Oresco, when we last talked, had Oresco said anything yet? I don't think he had. I don't think so. I think, he, I think his comments came out right after we recorded, I think. Was that when he was saying when he which none I don't, of them are like power or what did he say? He said some none of them are. He said like because they asked about the three teams leaving and well first off the Americans said they released an official statement they said this proves that we're a power conference because we've lost our three top teams. So that was <laughs> I get what they were going for there. Yeah, it was poor yeah, messaging. Yeah. But he like gave a quote to I forget who he gave it to. I think it was Sports Illustrated where he said, "Oh well, it's not like they're dynasties." And it's like, buddy, you've given out ten conference titles and these three teams have claimed seven of them. Like that's exactly what they are. Like. It, it just pissed me off because I understand he's doing his job, and that's why I'm trying to measure it because it's like I, he, he's well, not going to be a cheerleader for teams that are leaving. Right. He has to support his own league now. But, like, let's be real, okay? There are four four group of five teams that have won a New Year's Six Bowl at some point, and three of them are now leaving his conference to go to the Power Five. So, like, how are you going to sit there and say <laughs> that you're not losing anything? They're not, they're not dynasties. They're replaceable. Could which... you imagine, and it's timely for this week with Louisville, in 2013, like, everyone talks about the Louisville, and I'm realizing some younger UCF fans I've seen on Twitter, they don't realize that that was a conference game. Right. Louisville was in the American for one year, and, it w- and everyone talked about it was going to be such an embarrassment when Louisville swept through and won the conference they were leaving. And who stopped that? UCF. <laughs> UCF was Louisville's only loss that year. They went 12-1, and and UCF came in knights in shining armor, saved the day, won the conference, went to the Fiesta Bowl, and won it. That gave the American immediate street credit at a time when everyone thought it was a joke league. People thought it was worse than the Mountain West in the Conference USA at that point. Not a dynasty, though. Not a dynasty. No, not a dynasty. UCF's only won four AAC championships in eight years. Not a dynasty. <laughs> It was Cincinnati's won two. Houston's like, who else is taking your conference titles? Memphis, who Memphis, got left behind? That's it. Congrats yeah. on having Memphis. That's Memphis, great. who got left behind, and is like, we really are upset that we got left behind. Yeah, Memphis like, isn't like, ah, oh, we're the dynasty that stayed behind. Memphis is like, you're kidding me. We're stuck yeah, in this conference. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes going forward because all of it is obviously a ripple effect. I mean, SEC taking Texas and Oklahoma led to this, and then this is going to lead to more reshuffling within a group of five. And 
you know, that stuff I would assume is probably going to move pretty quickly as just everything else seems to be moving like... Yeah, The Athletic put up an article about it this morning. It was really, morning. yeah, really well done. Did you read that? Yes. About the, what's going to happen next and all yeah. that? Yeah, I thought it was super interesting. I What's interesting to me is, and I don't think anything will come of it, but like the Sun Belt is really trying to establish themselves as like, we're the conference now. And Which is... my favorite part of the article, did you read that? It was a Chris Vanini article. Yeah. So of course it was great because he's amazing. It, how he referenced that Conference USA officials... Were sorry, the combos officially tweeted, so now I'm trying to focus. <laughs> Conference USA officials were like scoffing at the idea that the Sun Belt's looking down on them. Does Conference USA realize they're objectively the worst conference in college football right now, except for like maybe the MAC? I mean, Conference USA Probably is not. horrible. No one wants to ever like look at themselves that way, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, I don't know. They're, they've got to find find their little things that they can take and boost themselves up. But yeah, I don't know what the group of five reshuffling. I almost think it's going to be. Almost more interesting than because like I feel like the four teams that are going to the Big Twelve, those were kind of the four like okay yeah this is like who we expect like I don't know who like there's some front runners I think in terms of who can the AAC add and how's all this going to work out but it's also just so many more moving parts it feels like that it's going to be almost more interesting to follow than everything else that's happened yeah and I wow think that's that... a nice combo yeah, it looks good right sorry yeah. I'm tweeting my review link right now. Checking I'm for really... typos. You're, you're seeing this. This is what happens, listeners, when we accidentally schedule a podcast when this is coming out. <laughs> um, I do want to point out this is a stat from my trip UConn that I love. This is the ninth new look that UCF has worn in its last 10 games. Like non recycled, brand new look. I mean, they just, yeah. they're killing it right now. Really, really. Oh, it's clean. That white decal, like, really. Oh, for God's sake, Brandon Helwig. He posted. It, it, the, <laughs> did you see what he just posted? No, the, I did not. So the photo that UCF posted of the whoever's modeling the uniform, he's like holding the uniform by his collar, which a lot of guys too. And Brandon Helwig quotes me. He goes, "Covering up the Nike logo." Oh no! Oh, for God's sake! We should talk about that at some point on this podcast. I think we probably will. Well, because I don't know. Because uh, uniform of the week is back, so I figured something would. I figured you'd have a comment or, or two there. Oh yes, but. I will. Um, sorry, that's it. I'm done distracting. I tweeted my tweet. It's up. I will get back. To I'm you. very distracted. We're talking about Big Twelve. We're talking Are we? We have more to talk about Big Twelve, or we can wrap up. The one thing I want to say was just like the one last thing I did want to say on this that it does is like I hope that UCF fans and I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Like I always had a theory, and this shows how little I think of UCF fans. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm one of you, and I, I I worried about this myself too. Is I worried that as soon as UCF did get to the Power Five, if and when it happened, that immediately the narrative would change. Well, the Big Five sucks because yeah, know, yeah. Right now. And I haven't really seen that so far, which is good. But like. The one thing that does suck is you are removing the like three really good teams from the group of five, and I think that not necessarily the on talent gap, but the financial gap is just going to be so dramatic now. That's one between thing between the was, power and group power, even more so than before. That's that one sucks. thing that Chris Benini post uh, p- pointed out a lot in his um, in his article in the Athletic was just that basically the the candidates of who can be the replacements for these teams in the AAC. He was like. They've got this going for them, but like their athletic budget is not even comparable. Why, but why has no one... Because he talked about the most interesting part of the article, in my opinion, was that James Madison wants to come to FBS. Yeah. The Sun Belt has become probably the second best group of five conference by buying in on FCS programs, by going and getting App State and Georgia Southern and yeah. Coastal Carolina. Why? What's to stop the AAC from getting James Madison, getting some group of five... Or some, getting, excuse me, FCS teams? Did you see the part of the article is James Madison's athletics budget is greater than most of the group of five? Yeah. But the be... financial thing I want to say before you go, so the Big 12 will be the poorest power conference. It's projected they're going to get 20 to $25 million a year. The AAC, as the richest group of five, is projected they'll get $4 million a year. That's like, that's two different, like, that's su- <laughs> yeah. it sucks it's, that it's, it's a completely dramatic. different level, um, which, yeah, I mean, it, it does, it is unfortunate, and it's, I mean, UCS has been on the unfortunate side of it for, for this long, but now it's, 
it's still unfortunate for those that are being left behind. I mean, it really is. But I mean, it's just such a such a cool few days for UCF. I mean, Thursday was uh, on ESPN Plus. It was the first episode of Our Time uh, UCF Football, which really was really enjoyable. And, and as you're listening to this, episode two will be out. Um, and then there's Friday with all the official Big Twelve stuff, and then we get to Saturday where I mean, UCF did what they needed to do against yep. Bethune-Cookman, which we'll, we'll talk about briefly here. Which um, I, I do want to say on that, yeah. like, well, I guess we're going to talk about it anyway, so I guess I'm just speaking to the conversation. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like, I always say, and it's very much true, like, you can only tell so much from an FCS game, good and bad. Like, even, like, Cincinnati, I was poking fun of them on Twitter, but Cincinnati was tied with an FCS team, Murray State, at halftime. FCS games just don't mean anything. Like, yeah. It, you're always going to end up winning by a lot. But I do think that from UCS perspective, the biggest takeaway for me was they got so many guys touches who wouldn't ordinarily get touches. They played what, that. like four quarterbacks? I four think? quarterbacks played. Or was it three. No, it was four. Oh, it was four. Yeah. It was yeah. Dylan Gabriel, Mikey Keene, Joey Gatewood, Quadri Jones. Yeah. Four freaking quarterbacks. Um, Mark Anthony Richards got on the field. Trillian Coles had two, two touchdowns, touchdowns, which Malzahn kind of implied in his press this week that Trillian Coles might be a bigger part of things going forward. Which wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that either. He has He's a, got a great, great story. Yeah, he has a great story. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway was that's the b- b- benefit of doing what you're supposed to do against an FCS opponent because then you're up by so much you can just sort of yeah. tinker around and unless you're Florida State oh, um, man. in which case uh, wow I wish Milton wasn't there because I would be enjoying this all so much more if he yeah. wasn't on my roster yeah um, so UCF wins 63-14 to and it was a little a little unimpressive early but I mean, by halftime, they had they had taken care of everything and I don't uh, know if I, half the ball was unimpressive early yeah that's what I'd say or half I the guess, team half of it but offense looked fine the whole yeah, day. Yeah, that is um, true. So um, Travis Williams, in his availability this week, I don't know if you saw, he got a little. Um, he seemed to get a little frustrated, in my opinion, with how the defense is being criticized. And uh, did you watch that? Did you watch that? Video? I didn't watch. I watched some of it. I watched parts of it, and I, all I remember was basically just the him kind of harping on the fact they don't give up big plays, which is yeah, true. Yeah, like that and that was pretty much his point is, is like you're going to see more soft coverage because that's that's just the way they, like you're they're going to give up plays yeah. and chunks that are going to annoy you but the idea is to prevent the big play. Which if that's what they're doing fine. I mean, it just it, that's not what it felt like though on the field. Like I don't see like like when you're getting called for pass interference like three times in four drives. That yeah. to me is And it's not what I expected from this defense. I mean, I mean it's still or it's two games in and you know they're probably still figuring a lot out. But I remember just it being like Branded as like, yeah, they're going to be a multiple defense. They're going to be more of an attacking defense. And I felt like I was going to see, we were going to see a lot more, I just, just like blitzing, creativity, that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you said, there's, there's only so much you can take away. And, you know, they hold Bethune Cookman to 14 points. The seven uh, the second touchdown came like pretty late. You can't even count I mean, the second. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like, it felt so bad early, like, early in that game. Like, I was never worried, but I right. was like, I was like, oh, Bethune's actually going to put up like 21 points or something stupid. Yeah. But, you know, to me, it's just like the big, like the bigger storyline of me is that UCF still hasn't recorded a sack. They have that this is, amazing D line, yeah. but it's a little misleading because the D line has played very well. They have like seventeen or eighteen pressures, I think, in two games. Or something and like that, as well as I'm pointing out, the quarterbacks are getting hit constantly. Yeah, and they're just getting the ball out in time. So I'm not worried about that. I feel like that stat's a little misleading. And supposedly, and we'll get into this maybe a little bit with when we talk about Louisville, um, you know, Friday night's game. But I've I've seen people reference the fact that. Louisville's quarterback Malik Cunningham, yes, very mobile, but he does hold on to the ball a little bit longer, it seems, than some of these other quarterbacks that UCF's seen. So maybe they've got a chance to, to kind of get after him this week. He is more mobile than the two they've seen, but maybe that'll be a, a good chance. But yeah, it's it's weird because as much as we talked about the defensive line coming out of um, the Boise State game, I, I went into the Bethune game saying, yeah, they're going to get five sacks, and they didn't get any. And, and what makes it even funnier to me is, I don't know if you remember, but like, Reports out of practice going into the season was that the defense was 
doing really well against the offense. Yeah. To the point that I started worrying about the offense. Right. And, and that's just not what we've to seen. To this point, it's been almost it's been almost what we saw last year, but the defense is a couple, I think, a couple steps above last year. Oh, I w- the defense is so, still better than last yeah. year. But, I, and the, the offense, offense is way better. Yeah, the offense I, doesn't seem, have seemed to skip the beat at all. I, I, it's what we predicted all summer. I think the offense is going to put up fewer points than it did the last couple years, but the offense is just better. Dylan Gabriel is way better than he has been the last couple years, and that's saying something because he's, he's already really good. I think he's so much more fun to watch just – I don't want to say more fun to watch because I mean I, I love seeing the, the deep balls all the time last year, but just well, that that forty four yard touchdown run where he ran like what hundred yards, <laughs> probably or ran like hundred yards to get forty four sideline to sideline, and somehow you know the blocking on that obviously was great. That's how that's what allowed the touchdown to happen. But well, it's what you, I was saying. You back could when... not even expect to or like guess that you would ever see that from him. No, based on his first two and seasons. that was back in March on this podcast. I talked about how in a Malzahn offense, your quarterback has to be creative. And I flat out said, I don't think Dylan Gabriel's creative. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. He's very creative. I mean, it's what we're seeing multiple times a game now is that none of this, like, one read BS. Like, I mean, he is really, like, he is a huge part. Of, I mean, it's great. It's yeah. just been great so far. It's everything Everything looked good. And I think, you know, yeah, I had my fun with you, with Cincinnati on, on Twitter, too, with their... As we all did. Yeah, we think everyone did. Um, but then UCF comes out, and it's, like, 14-7 to 7 early, and I'm like, their defense are struggling a little bit more than I expected them to, and I was like, "Are we going to get to kind of the same thing?" And we didn't really, um, but which is which is good. But yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, like you said, there's not too much that you can really like. Oh, this is like you, you can't put too much stock into what we saw on Saturday. But like you said, the the biggest thing I think was how many guys got that experience, and one of those guys, Mikey Keene, who we've been oh yeah you know, talking about for. I guess, I don't know, since the beginning of this podcast, maybe? Literally since uh, the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, pod. true freshman comes in and, and makes his debut. Throws, he, throw, he threw one touchdown, right? For some one reason, touchdown. I made up that he threw two. Um, but yeah, threw a touchdown. First touchdown, it wasn't to Titus, so I didn't hit on that uh, prediction. Um, I did. Wait. That was my prediction. Oh. Um, my prediction was just that Titus. Yeah, but I've decided I'm counting that, because my prediction was he was going to get a touchdown, then I changed it to Titus to like match with your prediction. I'm just counting that as a win for me, because you're really the one who influenced me into failure on that. So. <laughs> I mean, That's your bad. Um, I feel like... I went 3-0 this week. These uh these predictions it's are a lie. I not. mess. Yeah, I, what were my predictions last week? I, probably should that up. I know I went 2-1. and one. I don't remember what the prediction I know were. I went... I think I went over 3 right? Well... I've got mine here. Maybe I can week. find them, but Maybe this week. But anyway, I doubt it. Honestly, um, my predictions suck. But I will say, like again, yeah, I went, I went so so bad on my so Titus didn't catch a touchdown. UCF did not get five sacks. They actually had zero, and they didn't force four turnovers. They had, I think, just the one. So I was not even close. Dude, I was I'm somewhat... so done. I'm oh, no. sorry. I have to go back to the uniform thing for a second. <laughs> like this combo is amazing. Like it's so good. And then I pull up Twitter, and the first thing is UCF uniform tracker. Like, why isn't there a white face mask? It's like, just, just enjoy we, the combo. What? No. Come on. Like, why is it every single time a combo gets dropped? People are going to come out and say, well, I, th- I think you should. It's like, you know, just enjoy the freaking combo. <laughs> Man, I miss, like, 2016 to 28, like, even through most of 2019, like, it was just great. Like, UCF had all these great combos. We loved it. And then something happened in the last, like, year and a half where now fans are the impression they should be picking the combos. Like, I read the tribute thing every week. At no point have I ever been like, hey, UCF, you know how to write the story? I would, like, influence, please. Yeah. Like, please make the combos I like. It's like, UCF doesn't... Do you guys remember the gold jerseys? Like, do you all remember that? And now we're at the point where we're complaining because UCF doesn't have a white face mask. Like, that. that's the level we're at now. What uh, I do want to say is... It looked based on the, um, I don't know, maybe this was just, just I, I thought I saw people doing this yesterday, but Louisville posted a, gra- a game graphic 
yesterday, and they were in all red. So I think everyone thought they were going to wear all red. They're not though. They're wearing black black helmets, red jerseys, white, uh, black pants. And they're going. This is actually cool. UCF's going to white decal on a white helmet, and Louisville's going to black decal on a black helmet. That's going to be cool. Yeah, that's a weird. Like that's an interesting. Like, yeah, too you, bad. On too the graphic, bad. You can't even tell that they're too bad. UCF doesn't have white face masks though. Even though that would completely unbalance the uniform because you need the black face mask to tie in with the black numbers. Can you see the decal on here? Like from the front? Yeah, I can see it. Can I, you not? I'm not wearing my glasses. Oh, but, part of it. Oh, very vaguely. Yeah. yeah, I can see the teeth of the, the Cardinal even though they don't have teeth. Um, yeah. How do we, how we got back to we got back to uniforms? Do we have anything else on the Bethune-Cookman game? Because really, like... Dude, doing trying to do this while the uniform dropped was such a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't... I am, um, But yeah, no, I think the Bethune-Cookman game was... Um, not like there, like I said, you just you can only learn so much uh, from an FCS game. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, but I still like there wasn't anything alarming to me. Like even with the defensive stuff, they cleaned up, and it wasn't to the point. I mean, look, I also oh I'm sorry I forgot a big point I want to say not about the Bethune game, but Boise State came out in their next game after yeah. playing UCF and just murdered UTEP. Like ripped them to freaking treads. I watched pretty much the whole game, and I mean they were they're a good for like I don't think I'd process what a good team UCF beat. Yeah. And that's the thing, I think we talked a little bit about it after the game, whenever it was 2 o'clock in the morning, but I think I even said, like, I think that's a team that went, goes on to win 10 or 11 games, probably wins the Mountain West. And, you know, it, that win, I think, is only going to age age well for UCF. Um, but now they're, they're 2-0, and and they're number 26 in the AP poll, so they're just outside the top 25. And you'd have to think that a win against Louisville on the road on Friday night would get them into the top 25. Um when did they drop out of the top twenty-five? I say it's, it's been a little while since they've UCF. Been, yeah, it was like it was the Tulsa game. Well, did they year. drop from straight from eleven? They went to, from eleven to out. Wow. Yeah, it's Tulsa. Yeah, they deserve yeah. it. Um. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, they're twenty-six. I mean, they will be in. Yeah. If they, if they beat Louisville, and that's really cool. I, and like I said, I got exactly what I wanted. I think did I say on the podcast? Right? I, I don't. I think you just texted it to me that yeah. I really didn't want UCF to get ranked this week because I didn't want Louisville to get all hyped up of oh we're hosting a ranked team like yeah. this is a big moment for us. It's like nah, I'd rather not have that be the narrative. So <laughs> this is perfect to me. Like UCF, we know for a fact they will be ranked if they win, but they're not ranked. That's perfect. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good spot to be in. I think going into that game, and anyone go ahead and just jump right into our our preview of UCF and Louisville. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, um, UCF 2-0 and coming into this game, Louisville 1-1. and um, Previous meetings between the two sides, Louisville beat UCF 42-21 in 1985. I think UCF was D2 at that point. Yeah, and that's really relevant, so hold yeah. on to that result. Um, UCF won 38-35 to back in 2013 at Louisville. Just the, At the time, the biggest win in UCF history. Yeah, I, I, I sent you the uh, Blake Bortles game-winning drive clip on YouTube, from YouTube earlier Which I then had week. to drop what I was doing and watch. Yeah, I'd do the same thing. Um, just always a fun, a fun rewatch. I remember exactly where I was. I mean, it was in my living room. It's not that that uh, <laughs> big of a thing where I was, but I remember where I was watching that game as what a fifteen year old. I think I was at the time. Well, it was um, so funny because that season was. Were you fifteen? Are you that young? Yeah, wow. I mean, you're younger than you. Yeah, that's right. Because I was sixteen. I don't know why in my head there's a big <laughs> difference between fifteen and sixteen. Um, that was such a weird year for me. Now I feel like wow. 15, is, right? Yeah. Because it also doesn't feel that long ago. It doesn't. And now yeah. I'm 23, and that's very strange. Yeah, I'm 24. Wow, how time works. Now you know our ages, podcast listeners. I'm pretty sure we've said our ages before. Yeah, probably. But um, you, uh, what was I going to say? No idea. Yeah, I don't know why I asked you. Oh, I know I was going to say. The 2013 season was an interesting one because, like, UCF earned its biggest win in school history, like, three times in a one-season span <laughs> because they went to Penn State and beat Penn State, which the only, like, other argument one for that was probably the Georgia Bowl game. But this kind of felt like a bigger deal because, like, UCF went to Penn yeah. State and beat them. That was a huge deal. Yeah. Then, like, a few weeks later, they beat a top-ten team 
which on that the then road. became on the road in another huge stadium. Friday, which, it was a Friday night Friday game. Friday night game. That became a huge thing. And then they went and won the Fiesta Bowl a few months after yeah. that, or two months after that. It was a really weird year where they just kept, like, literally, like, UCF had its biggest win in school history three times in, like, a six-month span. Yeah, and, and so the last three years for Louisville, I mean, I know they were... They had some some relevancy back then with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. Then they had Lamar Jackson, of course, winning the Heisman. Uh, last three years haven't been so hot for them. Two and ten in twenty eighteen, eight and five in twenty nineteen, and four and seven last year. Okay, um, not very. The fans are not very happy with their coach right now. I think I hate Louisville, and here's why. Um, okay, hear me out. Like, how did they never have a good year with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback? What was the best year they had? I don't Nine even... and four. Yeah. That Nine was that the year four. they lost in the Citrus Bowl? Yeah. That was their best year with Lamar. Like, how did you have... In, who, in my opinion, would be remembered as the greatest player in college football history if his teams had been better? On your team. Yeah. And you never even hit 10 wins? In the ACC? I'll never get over it's, that. It's probably of a similar... Well, yeah. It's different because they're in the ACC, but like... Johnny Manziel, like I don't. What was the best record Texas A&M had when he was there? They had that great year where I think they went eleven and two, the first year in the Did SEC. Did they win a New Year's Six? No, they anything? went to the Cotton Bowl. This was before the Cotton Bowl was a major okay. bowl game. But that was all. It was it was in BCS era. But then yeah, they never really backed it up. Um, I mean, I became when Lamar Jackson. Not to go off a complete tangent, when Lamar Jackson was their quarterback, I was like a kind of like a sort of Louisville fan just because I loved Lamar Jackson so much. Fun, yeah. Fun to watch. Fun to watch in the NFL, too. And, you know, he was really, like, my main avenue to first actually really getting into the NFL because I've never been an NFL fan. Like, I yeah. grew up a college football fan. Like, I've never, like it, when you're in Orlando, like, even when I was a kid growing up here, I mean, UCF wasn't as big as it is now, but I was a big UCF fan. All my friends in high school were Florida and FSU or Miami fans. Like, college football's the thing here. Yeah. Like, so I, I didn't really care about the NFL, but, like, I care about the NFL literally because when Lamar Jackson was the NFL, I wanted to keep watching Lamar yeah. Jackson. I mean, yeah. he was astounding, and I can't believe that Louisville in no way capitalized <laughs> on him. And then got even worse, obviously, after And have been worse since he left, yeah. Yeah, um, Scott Satterfield, everybody seems to be close to their, their uh, end with, with him. Well, you, as... you try to leave for another job during the offseason. That's, that's not going to get you a lot of, uh, of goodwill with the fans, and then you're, you lose games and don't look good in your wins. Um, so this year so far for Louisville, they lost 43-24. to in a neutral site game against Ole Miss uh, on Labor Day. Which, in their defense, Ole Miss looked very good. Yeah, and then they came back last week with a 30-3 to win against Eastern Kentucky at home, which, judging by the fan reaction I saw on Twitter and stuff, they, I guess, didn't look great in that game. Didn't watch any of No, it. and I sent you this thing that I guess, fun for us since we're going to this game as fans. Um, oh, yeah. I guess the stadium was just a mess, like long lines and crowds. Supposedly, and supposedly like, the AD or whoever it was like promised, like, oh, we're going to get this fixed for this week, and so... Maybe we'll be okay. It's just like but. UCF promised to fix the lightning delays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do about that. I mean, I, we didn't even talk about that with Bethune, is that we had another weather delay. Yeah. Thankfully, which, it wasn't two hours and 45 minutes. Think, be, I wasn't even at the game this time, so can't even really complain. I was sitting on my couch. So. My favorite thing was, because I was up in the press box as usual, and like, you know, the lightning, I saw the lightning strike, and I texted you, you te- I said, yeah. I just saw a lightning strike, and nothing happened. And I was like, wait, then yeah. five minutes later, they go... Ladies and gentlemen, and to, to their credit, the entire student body at the game went, no, and just did not leave. And literally, everyone else goes down the bowl, and the whole time, whoever, was that Jeff Sharon, I guess? Is I think he still so, yeah, that? Was yeah. he going, like, you know, students, you're going to die, yeah. like, leave. And the students are just like, no, like, they would not move. And then the cops are coming up and trying to gush yeah. A couple got cold from the herd. There were, like, three or four students that were, like, clearly freshmen. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. and they went down. The rest of the students were like, we're not leaving. Yeah, no, I mean... And then after after last time they made them get up and leave five times. And then this time they stayed. And then sure enough, it only ended up being I think like a 30, 40 yeah, minute delay. It was it wasn't too long. Good crowd too. I think the announced crowd was thirty eight k, which for an FCS team with a lightning delay, I will take nine and nine out of ten times. Yeah, yeah. You can't be too. Uh, hopefully we don't run into any weather delays in Louisville. 
the uh, I think Florida is unique as it looks in clear. it's September and still horrible yeah. here. Yeah. It looks like maybe we might get some rain while we're there, like on our trip, but it looked for that day and for that game, uh, that time frame looks to be okay. But then and again, UCF's not back on the UCF's not back home. Then again, I, I checked I checked before the Boise State game. I checked the weather then, and it was like, oh, it's only a fifteen percent chance of rain the rest of the day, and then we got a two hour and forty five minute storm. So yeah, but this is Florida. It's it is here. Florida. So um, it's different. But then UCF is also not back home until mid October, so we should be past the thunderstorm stuff. One would now. hope. You would think. <laughs> so, um, a few key players for Louisville before we get into our uh, our three predictions each for the game. Uh, t- talked about him earlier. Quarterback Malik Cunningham, uh, running back Jalen Mitchell, and linebacker C.J. Avery, who I believe Malzahn um, pointed out uh, by name in his press conference earlier this week. He also talked about uh, Cunningham because I think he said he tried to he tried to recruit Cunningham to Auburn. Yeah, he did. He was said he was like a really big fan of his and, and said he's a great great kid, great player. So. Um, UCF could have its hand full, hands full with him. I mean, Louisville doesn't look like a great team as a whole, but I think Cunningham presents some problems for the defense that um, could make the game interesting. We'll see. Yeah, I'm worried about him. And like I said, I know we have a new defensive staff and some new players. Um, a lot of new players. A lot of new players. <laughs> um, but like UCF just, like historically, since the mo- in the modern UCF era, which I consider like 2016 to present, can't handle mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, just can't handle them. I think I still have nightmares about Quentin Flowers. Quentin Flowers, like, you, like, it's actually almost criminal he lost that game. Like, it was and only, he had like 600 total yards by himself. It was something ridiculous. And it was only the fact that that was UCF's best offense in history that kept them from winning that game. But, I mean, like, UCF's defense just can't handle mobile quarterbacks. So I'm going to be worried. And, and, and honestly, like, I'm looking at our score predictions. I think Louisville's going to put up a lot of points. I just, there's nothing I've seen from UCF's defense at this point in the season to not expect that. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting, and I think coming into the game right now, UCF is a seven point favorite on the road, um, which seems fair to me. Seems decently fair because I think they and they usually give. Uh, I think I read this somewhere. They usually give home teams like a two to three point like cushion. So if it was on a neutral site, maybe UCF would be favored by nine or ten. Um, but yeah, I mean that seems like a pretty fair line for for what we've seen so far. But we'll uh, we'll go ahead. We'll each give our three predictions, and um, I always let you go first. So go ahead. That's right. Uh, my first prediction is that Dylan Gabriel will record a rushing touchdown. I feel like you're getting kind of lazy with these, man. <laughs> I, I, told, like, I told you last week. That is well, my first prediction I every single week. I thought you said you were doing that every week until he did it, which he did last no, week. No, I said it's my prediction every single week. I want to see Dylan Gabriel have at least 12 rushing touchdowns. The only way that can happen is if, he's, if he does this every single game. He's going to have to. He didn't have one in week one. So well, he's, he's going to have one in the conference title and in the okay. uh, bowl game. So there you go. You That's my first your, prediction. No, I honestly, I, like, I, I did that mostly as a joke. But yeah. I also actually do expect I think, it's especially because I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be even more motivated after he just watched it, like after that play where he realized, <laughs> oh wait, I can literally just dance around. Like yeah. <laughs> he's been making guys miss for three straight games. Like he's actually kind of shifty, which is shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, so I'm expecting it. Did not expect that at all, and now it's funny how we've gone from all offseason saying, oh, like Dylan Gabriel's not a mobile quarterback. Like this is going to be interesting to see how he fits in Malzahn's offense. To where now you're at the point where every week you're going to say, you're going to sit here in this room or wherever you are and say, he's going to he's going to score a rushing touchdown this week. And it's like that's the thing is it's not a crazy thing to expect anymore because what we've seen in the first two games is he can move, he's not afraid to take off and run, he's not afraid to pull the ball back whenever he needs to, and he does it successfully. And I think I said this on a previous podcast, so excuse me if I'm repeating myself, listeners, but like he, it's more than just that he's been taking off and he's been looking good. Like he, the part I didn't expect in the last couple of years is he actually has really good instincts for yeah. when to take off and yeah. when the play is there. I mean, I, I, that's been what's shocking to me. Yeah, like the internal clock, whatever they call it, and, and just his vision of, of where to see where to go and, and how, where he can move. 
I mean, because I think yeah, the blocking on that touchdown, the 44-yard touchdown run, was really, really good. But just it also had to take so much vision for him to be like, okay, I can go here now. All right, I'm going to follow this block, follow this block. He just, like, zigzagged from one side of the field to the other and somehow ended up in the end zone. You also have to laugh because we got Ryan O'Keefe for post game after that game, and he talked about how he uh, he was on the far sideline, the first mm-hmm. sideline that Dylan Gabriel yeah. attempted to run. <laughs> and O'Keefe thought he went out of bounds. And he said he relaxed, and he sees his defender running, and he's like, uh-oh. And he had to go <laughs> run to try to block. But, I mean, la- like... 2019 and 2020, am I exaggerating to say that I, I can't off the top of my head remember a single time that Dylan Gabriel had positive yardage with his legs when it was not a design run? I actually don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, I don't know. The only, like, even long run, and he's had a couple now in this the first two games, but the only long one I can remember, I think he had a long one against Houston. Yeah, one against Houston. In 2019. He had another one like that where it was basically, it was just like an option. Yeah. But since he never, ever kept the ball, <laughs> the other team was just shocked and had no idea what to yeah. do, so he was just alone. Just, I think that happened against USF last year, too, if I remember right. I don't remember last year. I, yeah, last year didn't happen. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's, we joke about that, but I just, I just don't remember much of last year at all. Um, but speaking of last year and hopefully UCF making amends and improving on this this year... I've got a wild, I've got a wild one for my first prediction. Okay. I've got so Go on. not only do I have UCF attempting its first field goal of the season, they're gonna make it. Can I give you my next prediction really quickly? Yeah, go ahead. UCF will not attempt a field goal. Oh come on! <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be rooting so hard. What for about the Bethune <laughs> game gives you the impression that they're ever going to take a field goal this season? I. I don't know. They had they, multiple... Like, wouldn't you want Obarski, if there was ever a time to get him some kicks, it would be against Bethune, and they had multiple fourth down situations where they just went for it? I don't know. Well, I don't This. I don't have any logic to back this up. I don't have an answer for you. I just think it's going to happen. Okay. I just think it's going to happen. I don't know. Because my, my first... To defend that, my first thing was going to be like, oh, well, like, against Bethune, like, they can... They were up by so much that, like, trying these fourth down situations out, like, maybe that's what they wanted to work on. And I don't know. It's probably not what it was at all. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Gus I just, says he's confident in him, wrong, but he doesn't appear Gus to be says he's confident in him and did not once, um, by the way, I don't know, if you're hearing a banging while you're listening to this podcast. Which you uh, probably are. Which you probably, jeez, man. That's cool. Uh, we're upstairs, <laughs> but they're um, retiling my kitchen right now. So. Um, wow. That's just not going to What was I going to say? You were going to say, something. please stop banging. <laughs> it stopped. It stopped. <laughs> it stopped. Oh, it's no, Anyway, um, we're just going to talk through Well, it. okay, we, here's what I'm going to say. This is going to sound, I'm like, I'm going to say it anyway because it's, it's just going to sound stupid and I'm fully aware this sounds dumb. But, Obarski has looked good on his extra points this year. Which you cool. can't, you Congrats. can't say, you couldn't say that last year. He missed some last year. So <laughs> that's fair, you know what, that's fair. He's, he's, he's improved on that. Uh, yeah, so I think he set year. a career high for extra points against Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, what, seven? I think he had like nine, didn't he? Oh, nine, I can't do math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> like seven times seven, sixty-three. Seven times seven would be forty-nine, my man. Yeah. Um, no, but I just, I, I actually like. I don't think we, I, we talked about like we did the Boise State podcast like two in the morning. I don't think we can do afternoon podcasts anymore because my brain's not. I, well, there. honestly, I'm also like every time I open Twitter, like people are tweeting uniform questions at me, so I'm trying to like answer <laughs> them and keep. Yeah. Can I give another very quick uniform disclaimer? I just say because sure. with this Nike Adidas stuff going on, I, should, I don't know. You don't have to ask me to do that. You're yeah, anyway. it, it, I just don't want to totally derail this. But if you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what we're talking about. There's been a lot of rumors this week that UCF may be switching to Adidas, and I've had some people tweeting stuff at me. So I just need to clarify in case any of these people tweeting me or listening to the podcast. I do not work for UCF like at all in any capacity. I just do the drip you report because I love UCF's uniforms. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Like I I I don't have an answer for you. I have no idea. Um, 
like my relationship is I get a uniform combo and I write about it. They're not like, by the way, we're switching apparel companies or something <laughs> like that. So I don't know. I've been very vocal that I think UCF should stay with Nike, even though Adidas is apparently offering a lot more money. I think the reason their Adidas is offering a lot more money is because they're Adidas and they have to get teams. Um, yeah. But you know, that's life. But anyway, I just want to throw that in there real quick while we're talking about uniforms. We'll see where it goes. So we have your first two predictions already. Then. We do. So I need a nice sec- your second prediction. My second prediction, this one's not as wild. Uh, I've got Isaiah Bowser going over 100 yards again and reaching the end zone twice. Ooh, two touchdowns. Yeah, I, until he doesn't do that, I'm just going mean, to he he's going to do He that. didn't have 100 yards against Bethune-Cookman, but he was definitely but on it was pace Bethune- for it. Yeah, he could have if he wanted. And he had four touchdown runs in the first half. I can't believe that dude had four touchdowns. He has more touchdowns this season than Otis Anderson had all of 2020. Which is insane. Crazy to think about. Because it felt like Otis had a pretty decent year last year. Isaiah Bowser against Bethune-Cookman felt like what I would do when I'd play NCAA 14, and I wanted my, like, running back to win the Heisman, is I would just, like, <laughs> run whatever play, then as soon as you're in five yards, just do, like, yeah. you know, just, just the dive play over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And that's what that's what it felt like. But, yeah, he had four touchdowns. I don't remember exactly how many yards. He had, like, 50-something yards on, like, 11 carries. He, yeah, he had like a really solid... Like, I mean, he was pretty much shut down by, like, the second quarter. Yeah, and that's they didn't need him to play and anymore. Mark but. Anthony Richards came in then in the third quarter. I know it's against Bethune-Cookman, but look great. Like, look good. Uh, we'd heard he Trillian had some injury Coles issues. Really Julian Coles looked great. Johnny Richardson, I'm... We didn't, uh, see much about, we didn't see much of him, did we? We didn't, and honestly, I kind of, like... I wonder if he's behind Mark Anthony Richards now. It felt it felt very much like... Cause we saw Richardson a little bit in the Boise State game, um, but there were also... Wasn't... Uh, Mark Anthony Richards going like dealing with a little bit of an injury during camp, so he maybe was, that yeah. was maybe he's like fully healthy now. Yeah, that might be what's and going on. He kind of is assuming that number two role. And to be honest with you, I think that I know that we're clearly back to like a one running back system here. It's not like the old days, but at the same time, like about Bow- like <laughs> Bowser can't just go out there and have thirty carries every game, you know. And that's gonna I would like him on. to, but yeah, that's gonna wear on him. Like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. works now. It's like I'm not gonna work at midseason. So I, I, I that's why I like seeing Mark Anthony Richards look good. Yeah, I mean you've got to pace him. You have to. You because have to. of course we're gonna get into the the more important like, the the conference schedule is is obviously the the important thing and you want to win the conference so you've got to have him at least a little fresh and so yeah I'm glad they didn't need to run him that many times against no I was game. glad I was pleasantly surprised with how early I like how we're talking about how early he got shut down dude had four touchdowns yeah but no he, I mean he is just like he is so freaking good I am um, but I'm sorry I'm just processing as I trash Adidas you're wearing Adidas shoes and an oh, Adidas yeah. jersey. Yeah, I, I, I've told my dad earlier this week, I was like, I'm much more of a Nike person, and then I went and got dressed today, and have these new shoes that I got um, this week, and I'm wearing an Orlando City jersey. Which, which Adidas which, like, does have good gear. Yeah. They have good clothes. But it's just their football uniforms their are football so generic. Their football uniforms are, like, generic. That's the best word for it, is every single Adidas it's football team looks exactly the same. And you know what? Some people were tweeting, like, their attempts at uh, templates today, and they're like, oh, look, UCF uniforms. It looked like every single other Adidas uniform. It just yeah. looked like Miami with a UCF logo, or Nebraska with a UCF logo. Yeah. It's so whatever, so... we'll get through it as a fan base if it happens. Like I saw someone posted, so sure. someone so posted sure a poll before he came on that said, "Will you still be a UCF fan if UCF <laughs> switches to Adidas?" That was a real thing. Sometimes. I've seen I've seen some people say like, "I'm I will not buy another piece of UCF art, uh, article. I'll stick with my Nike stuff that I have. I'm not going to buy anything new." Which that I, I th- want to lie. I want those that's people. I want to see those people. I want to see them. I want them to come back. Like, the actual off-field gear will actually be really no, nice. Yeah, I know. And probably better than it is and now. And probably more. They're probably more of it available. More that's, variety, that's a big yeah. complaint people have now with Nike is that there's not a lot of, of gear available. Okay, but we're also in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, there's not a lot of gear available for anybody right yeah. now. I don't like people are taking that as like, oh, it's a slide at UCF. It's like everyone's having supply chain right. issues. Right. I, I think they just I mean can't in get freaking chicken wings at Smoky Bones right now. Like <laughs> there's supply chain issues everywhere, man. I think I. I don't know. I don't know if this is. I'm just guessing, but I feel like that issue for, for a lot of fans goes back before the pandemic. Like, it does, but like, like some like I saw like a very specific tweet where it was like, 
wow, like I literally went oh, to the, the store yeah. and there was no new gear. And it's like, right. guys, it's because there's a pandemic. Which, like, like the, if you go to UCF, if you go to the Barnes and Noble UCF, like, there's some. I'll, every time I walk in there, I'm like, I'm gonna walk out of here spending. Why don't they sell like, soccer jerseys yet? I know you and me might be the only people that buy them, but no, still I've seen people them. on Twitter asking for that. Uh, are they? Okay. I, think, I think UCF uniform tracker is one of them. I think he earlier. And he put that thread together. Like, I'm not like, saying, like, I know some people say, like, oh, I wish you'd sell this with no intention of buying it. If they tweeted right now, there are now soccer jerseys in the I'd probably store. buy I'd one. Be I'd there probably right buy now. two, like, at least two. I would get every color they offered. If they sold that pewter one, yeah. the pewter with the, oh my god, that's the biggest Nike Adidas thing that I can't get over. Because pewter's a Nike color. Mm. So if UCF goes Adidas, they can't do pewter. I mean, Nike has, a, or Adidas has other gray colors, but pewter yeah. is so special. Peter's not. Uh, we're not doing this. I'm not getting on this whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This just, podcast has gone off the rails like six different times. So hopefully you're still with us here. But. It's hard for me to like not like when uniform stuff is involved. It's, it's hard almost, for me to stay focused. And we both have one prediction left, and then we'll get into news, and we'll yep. talk more about uniforms. We have your That's uniform right. of the week. But it's almost like I just want to put this disclaimer 36 minutes into this podcast that like this is going to be this podcast was always going to be an interesting one. I think because it's Wednesday afternoon. We're, we're trying to get through a lot of stuff from last week and also preview the rest of this week. And then, I don't know, it, listeners, you probably have, like, maybe two days to listen to this. And then well, that's we'll, be back, wanted, with, we'll actually, be back with a post-game recap of Louisville so you have another one to listen to. You might not even hear this. Honestly. Well, that's what I wanted to, like, talk about because I texted you and I'm going to say, listeners, if you had an opinion on this, tweet at me. Um, like, we're talking about maybe we need to move the podcast up earlier in the week if we're not giving you enough time to listen to this because we're dropping it, like, Thursdays, then games are on this time Friday, but even on Saturday, I don't know if that's enough time, so... Yeah. If you would like the podcast earlier in the week, please let us know, and maybe we can make that work. Yeah. But... Probably. We'll so see. you just we'll gave... So it. we're on to not my next prediction. We're on to your last prediction. Isaiah Bowser, which was 100 yards and two scores. Yep. My last prediction is that the defense is going to allow 30 points or more. Ooh. I... Okay. I, I've just... Like I said earlier... I have seen nothing to suggest that that won't happen. So that's what I'm going with. All right. I won't say too much on it because we'll get to our score predictions in a minute. But okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Really? Well, I do. I think our score prediction is going to be different. You really don't <laughs> think with that quarterback, you don't think that's going to happen? No. And with our secondary? I don't think like UCF's even going to dominate or anything. I don't think so either. But I just don't. Because I, th- I think Cunningham is good and I think he's dynamic. But I think he has limitations. And I think, I, I think he'll have a good game. But I don't think it's going to be anything where... We're sweating it out, but I could be completely wrong. So, let's talk about this then. Give me your, like, in 100% being completely confident, 0% being completely not. What's your confidence level for UCF winning this game? Because I think, I'm starting to realize now, I've really said, I think you and me are probably different on this. I want to say somewhere in the 70s. Okay, never mind. Oh, is that what I'm like, I'd say I'm like high 60s. High 60s, okay. Yeah, well, I don't think we're too different on I'd say UCF's got like a two-thirds chance. If you had three scenarios. I just don't, like, I, I think, the, I could be. I mean, I don't study Louisville. I don't study the tape or anything. But, like, the only thing that worries me about Louisville is Malik Cunningham. No, I agree. They've got I, some good I totally players. Agree. I know they've got some good players. But, like, I don't expect I don't, the, I don't expect Louisville's defense to be of any issue. I that's watch what, Ole Miss carve them to shreds. Right. So. That's what. That's where I kind of am like, yeah, that, that's why I don't have any worries. I think Cunningham can have a very good game, but also not really come that close to winning. And if, like, in the hypo days, I'd be way more worried just because, like, that quarterback that they have combined with UCF's defense being on the field every 30 seconds would be a lot tougher. But I think that, like, they've really shown this year the ability to, like, monitor their pace yeah. and slow it or speed it up depending on game situations. So I think that if, if, like, Louisville comes out and torches the defense, like, I assume that UCF will take it slow on its next offense possession and not just be like, right. run up the middle, run up the middle, bomb downfield, oops, it's fourth down. Oops, like, it's you know, a 16-second three and out. Like, which speaking of Josh Heupel, goodness Tennessee, not, not what was the final score of that football. game? Uh, it wasn't that bad. Okay, because I, I actually was like watching it early and they're up ten nothing, but I 
didn't see the end. Their of it. quarterback, ironically named Milton, um, cannot hit deep balls. Like not not like they shouldn't share the last name. Same last name as Mackenzie Milton. No, I just meant ironically, like Josh Heupel's coaching another Milton. No, I know. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I don't think he should have the same last name as Mackenzie Milton. Okay, well, it's his name. I know, I mean, but like, I don't know that it's, Milton is not a title. I don't know that it's fitting. I don't know that the name fits him. I don't know where you're going with that one. Um, remember. but he can't hit deep balls. And man, a Josh Heupel offense with a quarterback that can't hit deep balls—not a good one. Whew, problematic. Not a good one. And um, we're on the topic of Malik Cunningham. And my last prediction actually is space. It's kind of a Malik Cunningham prediction, but it's also a UCF defense prediction. Okay. It's that Malik Cunningham will finish as Louisville's leading rusher. And there's two parts of this. I think we've talked about, or you talked about, how UCF doesn't always deal well with mobile quarterbacks. So I think there's that aspect of it. But I think there's also the aspect that UCF has been shutting down the run like crazy in the first two games. It's true. They have been, they like the teams have not been able to run on them. And I almost feel like that's still going to be the case with Louisville in terms of like, your standard run plays, but I think the the pressure can get to Cunningham sometimes, and he'll I think he'll escape and have some of those big runs. So I don't I'm not saying he's gonna like run for 150 yards or anything, but I think like he could have like a 60 to 75 yard rushing game at, and lead Louisville. So I, I just don't think they're gonna have that many rushing yards. I'll also point out he was their leading rusher against Ole Miss. Yes, and he, I think he had like their, 70 something yards. Yeah, right? and he was their second leading, and he was second in rushing. And I think he has two. Games. I think he had two rushing touchdowns in both of their games so far this season. If I remember correctly. Yes, that is correct as well. Yeah. So I think that's a totally on-point prediction. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think that that means good things for UCF if that's the case. Yes. So, I do too. Because you're right. I mean, like I said, you can only tell so much from Bethune, but it was still encouraging. Because Boise State could not run the ball on UCF. No. Nope. Bethune, unsurprisingly, also could not. So if they can actually continue that, yeah. keep that going. Plus, like, I don't know how I feel. I do want to put on a, I want to throw on another staff. If UCF wins this game, UCF will be 6-2 and two against Power 5 opponents since 2017. With the two losses coming to a top-10 LSU team. And that pick game. A pick game. Which is also a winning team. So I, I just I think that's a really nice stat. And I've been interested like it's funny how the power five group of five labels they do and don't mean things. Like to me, Boise State was the big game. This doesn't feel remotely no. as big of a game as the Boise no, State. No, even though it's on the road and it's yeah. And it's a power five team, but it's like the power five team is Louisville, so it's like how are you supposed to you know? And this was honestly this was a cooler game when it got scheduled. I think this got announced in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um UCF saw at their end of it. Uh, Louisville has <laughs> not. But you know, I'm just like, and UCF could lose. Like I said, I'm not super confident here because I just, I still think, think and, and honestly, we haven't seen. You know, I don't mean to panic, but like we haven't seen Dylan Gabriel on the road since 2019, really, because there were no fans in 2020, and yeah. he struggled on the road. He he was I saw, he was great on the road last year, like great. Yeah. But there were no fans, and this is going to be his first hostile environment that's since 2019. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Something something to keep an eye on. Um, with that, let me get your score prediction. My score prediction is I closed my app, so hold on. My score prediction. All right, all right. Forty-two to thirty-one. That's okay. It. We're actually pretty close on these. What is yours? Mine's forty-five to twenty-eight. UCF. Oh, so it's like a field goal difference each way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It actually, it is. So you're yeah. just adding a field goal. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're subtracting a field goal from the goal and adding it to UCF. Giving it to UCF because um, that's, that's my prediction. Actually, I didn't even do that on purpose, but I finally broke out. I was going to do uh, two weeks in a row. I've, Throwing in also a Barsky's going to mess up somehow, but now I'm not sure he's going to see the field other than PATs. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my prediction. I think both of ours are totally in the realm of possibility. Yeah. I think it's going to be. So, I, I think Louis, I think Louisville's going to put up points. I think UCF's going to put up more. That's at the yeah. end of the line. I, I thought you were like you, Louisville's going to score more than 30 points. And I was like, I don't think so. I got that 28. 28. So. You're yeah. Our difference was a field goal. Yeah, but I, by definition, no, I don't think they're going to get 30 points because my prediction is 28. That's fair. So. But you made it sound like I had predicted oh, some no, no, no. impossible no. thing. No, I'm with you. I'm with right. you. 
Um, but yeah, this will be this will be fun. Like I'm very excited. Christian and I are flying out to Louisville on Thursday. Yep. And we will be there on Friday night for. As you're listening to this podcast, Bailey and I might be on. Do you? Uh, I think you brought this up to me because you went back and listened to one of our old podcasts. But we were talking about the schedule, and I was like, "Oh, Louisville will be a fun game to go to." And then yeah. like you, Zach and Evan, two of our friends, um, you guys planned your trip, and like I wasn't even really part of it. That's and correct. then eventually you were like, why don't you go to Louisville with us? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And now I'm going to the game that I said would be fun to go to. Which, it's actually really funny how this all came about. Because I am going to Louisville because you went to the FSU game that Milton was at. Because you said, this was during the summer, you're like, I am going to go to the FSU game. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. I wish I was going to some sort of college football road game this year. <laughs> and then I was like, man, I really want to go to the Louisville game. So then I messaged Zach and Evan and was like, do you guys want to go to Louisville? We worked it out. We planned the trip. And then I was talking to you and I was like, I just assumed you wouldn't want to come since you were already like, I don't know. I just oh, yeah, no. And then I brought it to you and you were interested and I was like, sweet. So now we have a Louisville <laughs> trip. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm like, this is something I'm like starting to kind of think in the future. Like I, I want to do this every year. Like I want to go see different stadiums i've got a stadium bucket list i've got all that and what's what actually was funny to me and a little ironic was that i had west virginia on my stadium bucket list well and now ucs can be conference mates with them so i'm probably going to go see ucf play at west virginia in the future which i think will be fun very soon yeah i think i think the the expectation is ucf is going to share a division with them yeah oh that's gonna be fun i know can't wait i hate their fans yeah i mean i'm not the fan worst fans in the big 12 i've learned that very quickly from social media. <laughs> west virginia fans are awful i uh, there are some nice ones i've met a couple nice ones the majority been, of my interactions with them have been very negative. I've been, like, pretty pleasure... Wait, what's the word? Pleasantly. Pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with, like, how many... And maybe it's just because, like, this expansion is, like, kind of saving their conference. But a sure. lot of Big 12... Like, fans of Big 12 teams have been very, like, welcoming and very nice. On the flip side, I think Kansas State fans are the nicest human beings I've ever been. I think they're they're all saints. Like, they're like, all just, insane. like... insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, very they're nice, so nice. Very nice people. I literally, like, I, like, like one of them even, like, DM'd me and was like, congrats on coming to the Big 12. And I'm like, <laughs> like, these people are so nice. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. So many replies from Kansas State fans constantly. I'd be very disappointed if, like, that turns into, like, when we finally get into the into the conference games and all that. Again, start, another team you see like, expected to share a division yeah, with. So it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting. But we'll, uh, we'll jump into some quick football news. Not a ton uh, this week, uh, other than what we've already talked about, obviously. But um, a lot of NFL stuff with the NFL starting. Latavius Murray, who was... Um, released by the Saints, I think it was last week because he didn't want to take a pay cut. Which I don't know why he'd want to take a pay cut. He had didn't he just year. have his best year? He had, yeah, he had a really good year last year with the Saints. Um, but he ended up signing with the Ravens, who were in dire need of a of running back help after I think they had like two or three season-ending injuries. Uh, signed with the Ravens, scored a touchdown in the Monday Night Football loss to the Raiders this week. Uh, Gabe Davis caught a touchdown in the Bills' season-opening loss to the Steelers. And Mike Hughes, who's with the Chiefs now, uh, sealed Kansas City's season-opening win over the Browns with an interception. Just he's had such bad like injury luck since he got to the NFL that it was just nice to see that. Um, it really was. He had a rough start to his career, totally yeah. out of his hands, and it's nice to see that yeah. turn around. Um, speaking of injuries, Matt Lee, who uh, left the Bethune Cookman game with I think it was an ankle sprain, he's considered day to day. This was uh, earlier this week. Gus had said you know they're taking it day by day, and they're not you know they don't want to say one way or the other whether he's going to play on Friday. Um, I'm skeptical. I'm worried that he's not going to play. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I, mm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to, like... I was told thing. I'm trying to remember if I can say it. I don't oh, know. I, don't I know. feel we'll like see. you probably can't. We'll see. Yeah. Just, I err on the side <laughs> we'll, of see. we'll see. Yeah. Um, Tremont Morris-Brash is back with the team. Um, not that, like, we even know he's going to play this week. I think Gus still said, like, he's got some things he got to take care of. We'll see where that goes. He said that again. But he did say that he's rejoined the team. That was a very interesting development. Yeah. Not what I was expecting. Me neither, honestly. Um, yeah. But, yeah. We'll 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, UCF is number 26 in the AP poll this week. Uh, a win would get them into the top 25, uh, surely. And finally, another thing I mentioned earlier, episode two of the ESPN Plus series, uh, Our Time UCF Football, is out as you're listening. Christian and I are going to watch it when we get to Louisville because it's going to be fun. I, I, the first episode was very enjoyable to me. I loved the behind-the-scenes, yeah, like, Hard knock style kind of it. thing. It was not nearly as revealing as a Hard Knocks episode. No, But no. it was still interesting. But it was because also, I think, it was pressed into, what, 25 minutes? So it was yeah. kind of very quick, like, yeah. But it was, it was still, honestly 25 minutes, and I'd say probably like 15 of that was the game. Yeah, like, but it yeah. was still very, very fun to watch. And I think we'll see as it goes on. But like, I think for the first episode, I think mo- most of it was going to be, you know, the, all the Gus getting hired, the, the lead up to the game, and all that. I stuff don't know. Too. Part of me feels like UCF saw that as a way to showcase their program in a time of expansion. And now that UCF has been added, UCF's probably like, get lost, guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> we don't need you here anymore. Yeah. Um, three notable things from elsewhere in UCF sports: uh, volleyball. They they had a two and one record in the UCF Invitational over the weekend. Um, that has them at four and five on the season. They won 3-1 to one against Florida Gulf Coast, handing uh, Florida Gulf Coast their first loss of the season. They beat FSU 3-2, to two, um, avenging last year's loss. And then they lost 3-2 to two, uh, against Georgia. But based on the tiebreaker of beating FSU, UCF won their own invitational, which is nice. Um, McKenna Melville named, was named the AAC Offensive Player of the Week for the eighth time in her career. I thought, honestly, it would have been more just because she's had such a story. Since she's literally been like one of the most dominant UCF athletes, period. But I think part of it was um, Jordan Thompson from Cincinnati was also in the same conference for a while. Yeah. Um, So they kind of went back and forth a little bit. Um, And so UCF Volleyball has the Sunshine Classic Thursday and Friday this week in Boca. They'll have matches against Miami, Florida Gulf Coast, and FAU. Uh, Men's soccer had a big win, uh, 6-2 over Florida Gulf Coast on Saturday. They're now 2-3 on the season. Uh, Alessandro Campoy was named the AAC Offensive Player of the Week. He had four goals against Florida Gulf Coast. So That's crazy. Seems, seems pretty uh, well warranted, that award. And uh, already, men's soccer will open up AAC play this weekend at Memphis on Saturday. Doesn't seem, it just seems like that, that came quick. I liked it better when those were in the spring. Really? I felt like fans were more tuned into them when football true. season was yeah, on the same time. I've like... noticed that like, I've, like, I felt like I was having a lot of Twitter interactions with people over the soccer teams last spring. And yeah. I've... I haven't had that this time around, and that's been kind of unfortunate. That is, yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. Uh, women's soccer is having a good a good season so far. They won three nothing over Ole Miss on Thursday on the road, uh, and then they had to unfortunately had a no contest against number two UNC on Sunday at home. Um, I think like a thunderstorm came in like a few minutes after that game started. I know UNC got an early goal, but um, weather came in the area and they had to end up calling the game off. Um, but By the he, way, I was watching that game, and this makes no sense. But when it got caught, when it got, they had to go into lightning delay. Like I just, I blame ESPN Plus. I know there's no reason <laughs> for that, but I do blame. They ESPN forgot to Plus. turn off the weather machine. It's their fault. Um, UCF is four and two now, and they are up to number fourteen in the United Soccer Coaches Poll this week. And they will also open AAC play at Houston on Thursday this week. Um, and with that, we're back to uh, uniform. Uniform of the week returns for the first time. It's back since episode eighteen. That wow. time flies. Been since episode, I stopped that in episode 18. 18, we're on episode 35 now. So wow. we've gone like half of the podcast episodes have not featured you. Know, that was almost, we might have that was almost exactly double. Yeah, Next we, week have, would have been double. we have some new listeners that maybe we didn't, very even, didn't even know <laughs> our that audience this was, size is more than double. Didn't even then. know this was a feature that we did every week, other than maybe if they saw your tweet. That, that's fine. So more than half our audience has no idea what we're talking about. We're like, it's nope. uniform. Yeah, it's the back. Week. No, it's back. Everyone's like, what's <laughs> No, it's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, usually I would run through the previous winners, but it's just gotten to such a long list of them that once you give your winner this week, I'll kind of go through and see. And say okay. Which, so go ahead and so, give us yours. I think I know what it's going to be, but 
You very do. Okay. Uh, I do have to say, runner up was UCF men's soccer. Okay. They wore their all white uniform. I knew there was an off, off chance that you were going to go with Came them. very close, but you cannot beat the script night on the UCF football helmet. Listen, if, they, like, different week, soccer would have had a chance, but that, that I t- I've tweeted, that is one of my top three helmets of all time that UCF's worn. I think, you know, so, you know, the one they're wearing this week might be two, to be honest with you. You own, so you own helmets. I you do. own UCF helmets. I think if I were to own one, Maybe don't count the space ones because I probably think space ones. But that script nights one would probably be one of the ones I'd want to own. Like, it's pretty sweet, man. I really, really like it. Would like to see. I just like the I like the script nights in general with baseball. So I, to see it on a football helmet was. So this is very specific. I would like to see this season. I have no idea. Like I'm not saying like oh this thing's happening. It's just totally like you know how I just complained about how everyone makes up combos. This yeah. is my making up a combo. Like, I'm, like. We're well, not going to throw a fit if they don't wear it though. No, of course, yeah, because I'm not insane. Yeah. I don't care. Everything they wear is nice. <laughs> I'm not like I wanted a different face mask. But that's what he thinks you sound like, UCF fans. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> but so I'm thinking, like, imagine like this, like the, the pit combo for 2019: white helmet, white jersey, black pants, black mm-hmm. script knights on the helmet. Oh, I love it's that. Like a road combo. Yeah, I cool. I would really like that. Yeah. Ooh, that's uh, ooh, right. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, but so with that football, that was their second win, and of course we did all this in the spring. So football has now had two. They, like they're. They won for the spring game. Yeah, they won for the <laughs> spring game. So, in both chances they've had to win uniform of the week, they've won it. That's correct. So, I feel like we we might see them go on a little bit of a run here. Well, if they just stop wearing cool stuff. Because I didn't <laughs> want to do it two weeks in a row, but now this combo, I'm like, it's got to be tough. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, so, men's soccer and baseball are actually leading right now. They both are five-time winners. Yep. Women's basketball is a one-time winner, and softball is a one-time winner. Men's soccer would have a much bigger lead, but if you'll remember when they were on that win streak last year, they just kept wearing the black one over and <laughs> yeah. over again, which is nice, which but is like, nice I look. wasn't just going to sit there every week and yeah. be like, congrats. So men's soccer should be in the lead, but they're not. Yeah. But so, yeah, we've got football's got a, a few weeks to, to catch up. I think I would not be surprised if they've got a pretty sizable lead by the end of the season. <laughs> I just think that's the way it's going to go. We'll see, man. We'll we see. Will. We will see. But what, uh, what, we're else, what, uh, what else we're also hoping to see is another UCF win on Friday night against Louisville. We will be back after the game whenever Christian and I get back to uh, the place we are staying. We're going to record our post-game thoughts. It'll drop, I guess, what, early the next You're the guy who drops them early I will the next morning. I publish it as soon as we're done recording, All right. so it will be there. Well, then it'll be there late Friday night early into early Saturday morning. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. We will talk to you guys then. Bye, everybody.